0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Watchers Council. This is Stephanie. And Tanya. Today, we will be talking about episode four, Teacher's Pet. Mm. All right. Such a Xander-centric episode. Yeah. So, I mean, I like this episode just because it feels like... A kind of classic early buffy episode, but at the same time, like just knowing where this show goes and knowing what we've got coming, it kind of leaves a lot to be desired. Not really up there with my favorites. Yeah. But let's get into it. All right. So we open up the episode on this like lady screaming. Um, and Buffy is fighting vampires in the bronze. And it kind of seems like, I guess, she's struggling. And she gets thrown onto this pool table. And Xander, like, pulls the vampire off and saves Buffy. At this point, when you see Xander fighting, I feel like it's very clear at that moment that this is clearly a dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's so much more put together than he has ever been in the show. Right. And also, like, let's talk about the fucking ambiance first. There's, like... <laughs> This red light district fucking lighting that, like, the bronze. Okay, it's a club. It always has kind of kooky lighting, but like, this is very specific. It's like red light. Um, Buffy's wearing like this slinky silk red dress. And she, not only is Xander much more together than he ever is, uh, she is much worse off than she ever is. And I love sarah michelle keller so fucking much because and we'll see this in future episodes too specifically there's a halloween episode but her fucking playing dumb blonde bimbo is like my favorite thing because like (laughs) we as viewers we know that's not buffy but she's like oh my god xander you like saved me the damsel
0: the damsel in distress is played so well like and I, i think that's like also she does such a good job at like Playing that opposite of like, you know that this isn't real, you know that it's not, but it's it it, the camp level is at pure perfection. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. So yeah, Buffy's acting like this crazy damsel in distress and just so grateful for Xander being there. And he mentions that he has time to finish his show and then like, throws a stake through the air to kill this vampire and then jumps up on stage for this utterly ridiculous guitar solo.
1: <laughs> so he has this line first, and I wrote it down because I was like, fucking kill me. <laughs> he, she's like, oh, my God, you hurt your hand. Are you going to be able to finish your show? And he's like, I'm going to be able to do that, and then I'm going to kiss you like you've never been kissed oh before. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I was like, I want to die. I really want to die right now. And he's in all black, which was like nothing, Xander everywhere's,
0: he looks like Angel. Oh my God, which is perfect for this episode because Mm -hmm. that's, there's so much in this episode that like he's clearly incredibly jealous of Angel. And so uh, what I do love though, is like the ridiculousness of this dream. And then it comes back to reality with Buffy telling Xander that he's drooling on himself. which is really just fitting I'm I'm glad that in real life Buffy sees him for sort oh, yeah. of the fool that he is <laughs> yeah
1: and so like you have he like gets up and he does this epic guitar solo for oh, no fucking reason and then damsel Buffy is like you're drooling and he's yeah. like what and then we like wake up and we're in class and like I wrote this in all caps why are we always in science class Yeah, (laughs) Are there no other classes at this fucking school? I mean, I know we had a computer class
0: one time. Oh, true, true, true.
1: But, like, it's always science, and that's
0: fine. I think in season two we start to get a little bit more variety on that, thankfully. Season one is... It's so interesting to me. Like, I do really feel like once we get into season two, the quality just, like, really goes through the roof. But, like, at the same time, like, Buffy wouldn't be what it is if we didn't have this like cheesy campy first season that's kind of oh mess. yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> and like my like rational performer side brain is like well it's always science class because these were the props they had
0: exactly oh i'm sure at that and that makes total sense i mean with <laughs> the fact that like in a in the first season where they probably didn't have the budget until yeah. they got more successful so yeah it's i'm sure that that's what it is so yeah they're in science class and they are learning about ants communicating Um, So I guess it's the insect lesson this week. And the teacher kind of comes up to Buffy and is asking questions about the homework. And Buffy is obviously has like no idea what's going on. And so Willow starts to try to mime to Buffy the answer. um, And she gets like part of it right. And then guesses that the second part is B.O., which makes me laugh because like you almost got there. You You almost got it. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> it was it, sent. And yes. I think the thing to point out here is uh, Willow is using Xander. Right. <laughs> as the thing. So, like, the first thing was touch. And so, like, Willow's, like, kind of petting Xander. And, you know, Buffy's, like, oh, touch. And then, like, Willow's just kind of sniffing Xander. And that's when, like, Buffy's, like, B.O. And then the <laughs> fucking athlete douchebag next to her is, like, I'm glad somebody fucking said it. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's, Xander clearly smells. <laughs> So I don't want to gloss over that. What do we think that Xander smells like? I'm thinking that it's like really cheap Candies Men cologne. Do you remember that cologne? It was in the blue and green bottle and like every dude wore it. And then like just sweat.
0: I think that's good. I think that I just kind of imagined him smelling like that teen boy like su- puberty smell yeah. like like the kind of like sweatiness where like no matter what he does he just kind of can't stop smelling Something bad like that. Yeah. and then he doused
1: himself in cologne to, like, right cover it's probably
0: it. like the mix of like cheap cologne and and just boy bo <laughs> so that's um, canon now um, yes i love it <laughs> so buffy obviously gets it wrong and the teacher asks to talk to her after class and he mentions to her that he knows about her past. He knows about the fire in the last school, and she's obviously upset. He says that Flutie let her, uh, let him read her school record. Yes, school which is record, hilarious
1: because in the first episode, Flutie was like, "You see this? I'm tearing it up," and then it's yeah. like, "Never mind, I'm showing all your teachers."
0: I know, right? <laughs> which, like, I do kind of feel like fits Flutie's. Oh, yeah weird personality. Oh, he's got a great scene later in this episode. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> so, he, but he tells her that he actually sees a lot of potential in her if she actually applies herself and does the homework and tells her not to listen to what anyone else thinks about her, just prove them wrong. So this is kind of the... First teacher that really, you know, you can see that Buffy really appreciates this to have someone who actually like believes in her. Um, So, you know, of course, in like the next three seconds, he's going to come to some violent end. Which is
1: literally (laughs) what I put. So like, I like, you know, I've watched the series two or three times over. So I do remember the episode, but you know, it's all a little foggy because it's been a couple years since I've watched it and so I was like I know he doesn't live but like I really typed in my notes I was like oh he's gonna fucking die immediately (laughs) and then he
0: does literally yeah
1: literally no lead up he's like you could go places Miss Summers and she's like thanks and then she leaves and he dies
0: (laughs) yeah and like you see this I I guess I mean I I don't know what you're supposed to think of it in the, but it looks like some kind of bug arm like reaches around him. And I mean, I love this is one of those episodes, like the really early episodes that I love the cheap effects. Mm -hmm. Like it is the cost. I don't know what, I don't know if it's costuming. I don't know. It's just, it's really, but it, it feels campy. It's good.
1: It's very creature feature of the week random yes. tentacle monster yeah. um he just gets grabbed
0: from behind and that's it and then cut to the intro cut to the
1: intro which i had a note on. <laughs> because happy inauguration y'all <laughs> um that happened this week this episode won't come out for like another month or whatever but that's that's fine i do want to point out that it was brought to my attention that the bible that joe biden swore on looks yes. exactly like the vampire book in the open. yes i was wondering if you saw, i saw that meme too oh my god like so amazing dead on and so i like saw the 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 credits, the opening credits on this one. And I was like, oh yeah, Joe Biden, uh, it's now in my head. I know that it's a family Bible for them that's been passed down from generations to generations of the Biden family. But I'm now convinced that the Bidens are somehow slayers and this is the Bible they swore on.
0: Absolutely. Take that
1: conspiracy, QAnon, fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like, it's like in my, can- in my head canon that like after he swore, you know, his oath for the presidency he was like you know into every generation there is a chosen one <laughs> dr jill biden like walks up what if dr jill biden she's is the, the slayer yeah yeah she's and he's the watcher. i don't know yeah. i don't know if he's the watcher but,
1: <laughs> but yeah okay so uh dr jill biden uh you don't need to confirm or deny but like just you know just hit us up let us know if you yeah. need help slaying.
0: we'll be your scoobies we will be <laughs> Okay, so after the intro, we are back at the bronze and Xander is just kind of walking around by himself awkwardly, like kind of awkwardly dancing. And there's this moment that he walks up to the stage and awkwardly tries to like nod and smile at the lead singer of the band who just kind of gives him this like what the fuck look, which like what I'm not sure what he expected
1: who does that? What was that? his end game? Was yeah. he like, oh, I'm going to be super cool. And the lead singer, like, who is in the middle of a song? It's not right. even like a set singing. change. Right. Whatever. Anything like that, he's in the middle of the song, and the lyrics are very Xander-esque because it's about liking a girl who like doesn't exist, doesn't know exists, or something. Yeah. So like, I I guess Xander thought that he was like gonna go up there and have like some like bro camaraderie in thing with the fucking lead singer but the lead singer just basically like looks at him like who the fuck are you right you're right i mean um, I, I also love that he had this dream and he was wearing like all black and whatever and then where is like the exact opposite in the scene where he does go to the bronze like he's wearing like a striped shirt in like weird
0: colors and it, okay. That yep, is that is amazing because, like, that is, like, the one part of his fantasy that he actually has control over. Like, if yeah. you want to dress in all black, you can. You, you literally can do that. Ugh, <laughs> oh, this guy. Oh, my I'm God. Sorry. This whole episode is going to, this is what it's going to be like for us. So,
1: <laughs> you, again, I think we say this literally every episode. But if you like Sander,
0: I don't think this is your podcast. No. I mean, please I'm stick just, with I'm us sorry. for other
1: things, but... Not
0: Xander love. <laughs> no, no. So then it cuts to, there's two guys at the bar talking about scoring with girls. I think one of them is the guy who mm-hmm. mentioned, kind of made that comment that Tanya mentioned about Xander's smelling. Yes. I refer to him as my notes as athlete bro, but I
1: believe his name is Blaine. Yes. Which is the most athlete bro 90s fucking
0: name ever. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, yeah, they're talking about scoring with girls and how many girls there. Just really, you know, gross talk about, you know, that. And so Xander kind of makes an insult towards Blaine. And so he leans over and asks how many times Xander's scored or Xander's been with women. And Xander just kind of like stutters and then makes some random comment about, uh, you know oh do you mean this week or today or something like that yeah obviously lying
1: so fucking blaine is over here and he's talking about like like how there was this hot college girl that was trying to get with him and he was like no i passed because like a girl's gotta have things right to get with me and said like what like a frontal lobotomy yeah (laughs) notes is like Xander tries to get clever and gets instantly roasted Um, (laughs) because like the athletes just know but like the I really want to clap right now but I know it'll be too loud so just imagine the audacity of Xander I know to be like I'm better than these athlete bro douchebags because I'm just like you're not you are like worse than them almost because at least they're up front with their douchebaggery. Right. At least they're like, yeah, I'm banging chicks and whatever. Whereas you are under this veil of nice guyness when all you want to do is bang the chicks.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think that's what's so frustrating about Xander's character. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's very frustrating to watch him, kind of be like this and think that he's some somehow separate from these guys. Um, he's just that kind of pinnacle nice guy who's not a nice guy who thinks that he, like, deserves sex and deserves women because he thinks he's a nice guy and not as obvious as these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So then Buffy and Willow show up. And he runs over to them and like wraps his arms around them as if he's trying to prove all the ladies he has to blame, which is also gross. That like he's using his girl, his friends that are girls as it's just nasty. I really and he can't. calls them babes. He's like, "Hey, yeah.
1: babes," and I'm just like, "Oh, gross! I hate you!" And like. Willow, of course, is very indulging. Buffy is like, what the fuck are you doing? And, like, at least Xander is very upfront about it and is like, I'm trying to show off to them. So can you just... And, like, Buffy kind of, like, goes along with it because, you know, why not?
0: Right. But then Angel shows up. She sees Angel across the room and just dips out. And then Xander gets obviously jealous, which, like, that is also the, like, thing that drives me crazy about Xander is that I think... So much of this behavior is literally just driven by jealousy. I mean, even his reaction to Blaine and the other guy talking at the Mm -hmm. bar, the only reason that he thinks that he acted that way isn't really actually because he thinks he's separate or anything like that, but that he's jealous that in his eyes, they're actually getting women and he knows he's not. Yep. That if he was getting women, he'd be right there with them saying that same shit. And he knows Oh, fucking absolutely.
1: Um, And he, like, you can tell in his, like, dreams, he has this, like fucking I wouldn't kiss and tell like I would just be that smooth suave guy but fuck you Sandra. you know you would
0: oh my god absolutely fully yeah so Buffy goes over to Angel and they have kind of their usual back and forth he says that she seems cold at, and she thinks that he's talking about like her personality and she says you can take it and he goes no I mean you you look like you're cold. <laughs> Which is
1: hilarious because she doesn't because this is a sweaty fucking club. Yeah. There's a band playing like I know. at no point would I've been like, she looks kind of chilly. And I think yeah. even Xander. Okay. Even Xander has a point at this point. I think like, cause he sees Angel give Buffy his coat. And I think Xander's like, who wears a coat right now? It's really musty. What? <laughs> like that's actually fair. Like, Angel is just like and of course Angel's in like a fucking white wife beater tank top. Oh my god, and I know. It's just like ripped to shreds physically and metaphorically. Um, <laughs> and like it's just such a ugh.
0: yeah. I feel like this was just one of those like convenient plot points to like get her the jacket because you know that becomes the yeah. right and for her to see that he's injured which like maybe that was his plan because like obviously he came there to warn her about this thing that has injured him and that kind of spurs that conversation and I love that she even says like when she
1: first comes up to him she's like oh what are you gonna give me a cryptic warning that I don't understand yeah. and then walk away and he's yeah like, uh, uh, uh. that's when he's like oh you're cold right and but then that's he, exactly what he does yeah, yeah. then he does that
0: Which, I mean, and that's exactly what I wrote, is that he warns her about, like, you know, some big evil coming. I don't even remember exactly what he says.
1: He's like, don't let them corner you. He's going to rip
0: out your throat.
1: Buffy refers to him as fork guy because, like, Angel's got these
0: scratches up and down him. But, like, what kills me is, like, okay, you've clearly fought this person or being whatever it is. And lost, right you can't give any more fucking details about who this is what they look like anything you just don't let them corner you they he'll slice your throat or whatever yeah. like why do you insist on being so fucking cryptic it's so right. unnecessary and unhelpful <laughs> like i get
1: that we like find out more about him later and like right. reasons why he can't fight and blah 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 blah, blah. You not being able to fight is different than you not being able to give me information, homie. Like, tell me. He doesn't even tell her that the guy has fucking Freddy Krueger claws. She's the one that's just like, oh, I guess
0: he scratched you up. And, like, I mean, as we see later in the episode, like, the guy has kind of like a distinct look. Like, I think he's got like long, like, black hair. (laughs) And, like, give her something, my dude. Like, I mean, if Giles is able to pull up some information, like uh, uh, unreal. It's I don't so even much. know. Anyway, it's so much. unnecessary. Okay, so they're back at school and they're walking up the, you know, the front walkway, and Buffy is telling Giles about Fork Guy, as she's Great. calling him now, that Angel has told her about, and Giles kind of asks some questions. Giles has this line where he like looks up at the sky and says. Every day here is the same. What did you? I'm. It's such a maybe, California. Maybe maybe I missed a line. Like, why was he so like morose about it in that moment? Like, <sighs> there's two ways to take
1: the line, and it's like, oh, every day is just the same, where we fight some evil, and then, oh look, the next day, it's just some other evil. Fucking right. great, but also. And living in California, I can say that this does get really repetitive. And Buffy's response is, oh, what? Like, because it's sunny and 70? And, like, yeah, man, sometimes sunny and 70 for, like, months on end that's really boring and repetitive. And when you come, like he comes from England and I come from a place that's seasoned. That's right. And I'm just like, sometimes like it rained yesterday and I stared out the window for like (laughs) 40 fucking minutes because I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what is that? What is that? And so (laughs) I kind of feel... That must be,
0: yeah, that must be what he was referencing because, yeah, like, if he's from England, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, you know, it's a lot more cloudy and and rainier and stuff. Um, And, like, we know from, like, literally the last two episodes that he's, like, excited about all the different, like, evil and stuff. So I can't imagine that that's what would make him morose. It would be the sunshine that would make him morose. It's just a way to remind us that he doesn't belong in happy, sunny places. He belongs in dark, musty, life. Libraries. Uh, yes, obviously. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Makes so much <laughs> so much more sense. <laughs> so at this point, Giles kind of walks off towards the library, I guess, and Xander comes up and lets Willow and Buffy know that they have a substitute teacher for science class and doesn't really elaborate at this point. So Willow and Buffy kind of ask, like, oh, is he sick or something like that? And Xander mentions that they didn't mention anything about being sick, but rather that he's missing. And I literally wrote down dumb Xander doesn't think there's anything suspicious about this. Like we have now gone through enough evil things going on and stuff. You know that there's vampires, you know that there's different evil things and that Buffy is the slayer. You don't think that like the word missing doesn't set off any, any warning bells in your fucking head. Like, that's nope. so insane to me. Oh insane. yeah, insane. <laughs> and like they kind of press him on
1: it because like Willow and Buffy immediately spring into, okay, right. well, what is this? What is this? And Xander's like, I don't know. The cheerleaders were practicing in their new
0: uniforms, and I was oh, staring right. at that. And it's just like useless. Kick him out of the Scoobies at this point. I don't even care. Died. <laughs> I think he even says something like, like, is that bad? Yeah. Like about him being missing, like. And I think Buffy was like, if something's wrong, it is like, what do you mean? Missing is not usually a good word. (laughs) Yeah. And then like we immediately
1: go into the slow-mo walk of the substitute teacher who, and I just said, then Xander makes weird men noises because he sees the new teacher in a skirt. In slow mo and with tribal drums in the background, like there's all this tribal music in the background. It's it's awful. And like the other thing is, is like, how okay, how horny is Xander? Because (laughs) the teacher, yes, she's wearing a skirt, but she's also wearing, like, I want to say, like, she's definitely wearing a suit jacket. I want to say she might have been wearing a turtleneck, and if not, it was very like a high cut. Literally, and she's wearing tights too. And so, like, you literally can't see any skin, Xander. Why? Yeah. Why are you so horny?
0: I don't know. I mean, clearly he needs, I don't know. Yeah, he's really worked up. I don't know. Because the teacher then comes up to him directly and asks him where the science classroom is. Um, And at this point, Xander stutters and can't remember where his own classroom is and even says, "Uh, I go there every day. Uh, (laughs) At which point, of course, Blaine somehow is always around in this episode, which is amazing to me. I love how this show works that like, If this is going to be the character that you want to focus on, they're just going to be around all the time.
1: Right. And it's like the same thing where like they're magically, I mean, spoiler alert, but they're magically on learning about bugs the same week (laughs) that a big bug shows up. Yeah, it truly is wonderful. <laughs> um, I also had a note here where I just said, Is Xander wearing a velour polo shirt? Oh,
0: god, because he was,
1: it was a brown polo shirt, it was velour.
0: Oh, my and god, I <sighs> is that like the precursor to the 2000s juicy couture uh, sweatsuits? Yeah, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, of course, Blaine comes up to to cut in and tell and direct this teacher to where the science class is. And I love that, like in doing so, he brags about his sports achievements. This is a real moment that I love because this is I feel like what a horny like jock high schooler would do. Mm-hmm. But the thought process of thinking that an adult woman would give a shit about your varsity football or whatever is amazing mm-hmm. to me. But that is probably accurate that a teenage boy would think that an adult woman would give a shit about your high school sports. Amazing. Amazing. And yeah. He's utterly like ridiculous. <laughs>
1: The science class is just past the football field where I won all state varsity person of the year award.
0: And, you know,
1: she's like, oh, okay, How cute. I love it. It's so great.
0: (laughs) And I love that, like, we'll see how this episode wraps up that, like you know all of this feigned interest is obviously not because she cares in his varsity sports or thinks that xander is some hot shit it's quite the opposite
1: (laughs) um and it is it is nice to point out that buffy is wearing angel's jacket she wears it for most of the yes Yeah. Even though we have established that it is sunny and seventy plus degrees outside,
0: wear a leather jacket. It's fine. I also think what's amazing about this is that like this does become like a staple of her wardrobe after she after he gives her the jacket. But like we've also established in the first episode that she has her own. That she has, and yes, that her last
1: boyfriend gave her. Oh my god! That's
0: right yeah oh amazing that's I want that to be like a canon, like that she just collects like I wish that that had continued and that we get like leather jackets from like Riley <laughs> and like, spike. like yeah which oh, like spike this belie- what if she ended up with like the long like spike oh, trench coat Ugh. sure that missed opportunity wear it at some point I don't know she might <laughs> wear it at some point I mean, and spoiler alert for way down the road that that jacket is actually a former Slayers jacket. Yeah. So yeah. that would have been wonderful. Uh, but we'll, what the we'll leather, get to that. <laughs> what was the leather jacket budget in this show? Is that what we spent all our money on? Was yeah. leather jackets? <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. A good leather jacket is amazing, but yeah, there's. (laughs) Okay. So now we are back in science class with the hot sub Mm -hmm. um, and they are talking about insects. She kind of says that they're going to pick back up where Dr. Gregory, the previous teacher, left off talking about insects. Um, But instead of talking about ants, she is starting up with praying mantises. I well, I will pause here to say that I am not 100% sure if that's the correct plural, but we're going to go with praying mantises. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine.
1: It's fine. Don't add us.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't add it. It's also important to note that at the uh, walking into the classroom, Buffy finds the old science teacher's broken glasses on the floor. She picks them up and she puts them on the desk.
0: Okay, I think I had missed that. Um, I might have been like taking notes. I missed that because, but I do make a note of that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have some things to say about that at the Oh, the end I have, of the oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So yeah, so Buffy mentions that sh- she calls praying mantises ugly, and the teacher clearly doesn't like that. Um, she's obviously really into praying mantises, especially the females. Um, and she goes into great detail of how the praying mantises mate, uh, et etc., et and really kind of talks up about how... I don't, I don't know what the word you would use for but how kind of powerful and regal, I, I yes. guess, are the words that I would use that she thinks that female praying mantises are.
1: I have written down, gal loves herself some bugs. I'm sure that's really normal. Yeah. Um. And then it was like, she talks about how the praying mantis kills her mate. Yeah. And I just wrote, this is fucking subtlety at its finest. Yeah, right? Because... <laughs> I just keep, and I know that this was before this, but I just keep thinking of the Harry Potter scene where Severus Snape is teaching the Defense Against the Dark Arts class about werewolves because Lupin is out sick due to being a werewolf. And he's like, look at all these facts about werewolves. That's so crazy. I wonder if that's, like, relatable to anything. But instead of, like, it being, like, a bitchy thing, which I fucking love that moment because Snape is... But um, instead of it being a bitchy thing, it's literally, you have your villain right here being, like, Look at all these characteristics. That's so crazy. I wonder who that could relate to.
0: You're right. Like, what? That's not actually, like, smart villainy, is it? Like, why would you put, like, put out there all the details of, like, here, let me tell you what I am and how to figure it out.
1: (laughs) Was she just so, like, she's been doing this for so long that she's like, kids are stupid. They'll never.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's gotten cocky. I guess she's never come up against a slayer before. Yeah, I guess. And I mean, it gets mentioned later on that she clearly is like putting off some pheromones to Mm -hmm. attract the men in this class. So at this point, she is talking about how they mate and how they lay eggs and all that nonsense and suggests making model egg sacks for the science fair, at which point you see all of the teenage boys hands shoot up into the air to volunteer to help her after school
1: <laughs> which and pause again maybe this was a private school thing versus a public school thing but like let's talk about science fairs in my experience everyone had a different project for a science fair because it is a fair
0: and right, you're it's not the teacher's project also different things
1: but she's like the whole class for the science fair is going to do this
0: yeah, that's a project. That's not a science fair. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I—I I mean, I know that public schools did this. I genuinely like just another insight into. I, I never had a science fair like that. I always saw them on TV and stuff, but I—and I always wanted to do that. But yeah. we didn't have anything like that.
1: <laughs> we didn't. We didn't have a science fair per se, where like the whole school came and looked at it or anything. Mm-hmm. But we had like you know, senior year, you just had to, it was almost like a thesis project. You had to just like pick a project. Oh, wow. Like, really? Yeah. For I did. Science? Yeah.
0: I, Oh God.
1: And I was, I, you know, me, I gotta be creativity cause I fucking hate science. And I was <laughs> like, okay, well I'll just see what vegetables and herbs produce the best dye for oh, cloth. Cool. And so that's okay. what I did. There was like no science involved with it. I was like, I don't know. I boiled some herbs and like fucking threw them on a cloth
0: I'm so glad that we didn't have to do anything like that because our, I think senior, like each year had like a different science and I'm pretty sure our senior science was physics. And yeah. wow, let me tell you, that was not, no. I was not good at physics. No. About <laughs> it.
1: But I think the closest that you and I ever got to a science fair was fucking uh, Randolph-Macon. We had those Macon days or whatever where like, it was a surf projects. Where, like, they would do stuff over the summer and then at the beginning of the year in the library, you could go around and people would be standing next to their posters. And I never did that because I'm not doing summer work.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Fuck that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so I guess the next scene that we see is Xander is, like, convinced that this teacher is into him I don't know what at this point she hasn't really, I mean, I guess she kind of made eye contact with him when she was talking about the mating. And I mean, I guess obviously we're supposed to believe eventually that the pheromones are doing their thing. But let's be honest, eye contact is all Xander needs. To think that a girl is
1: interested in him, so it's
0: fine. Very true. And so at this point, I think they're in the cafeteria talking Mm -hmm. about this and Xander is trying to convince Buffy and Willow and Buffy and Willow are kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she's an adult woman. Um, She doesn't give a shit about you. (laughs) And and of course, Blaine is somehow online with them at the same time. And it, it comes out that Blaine is scheduled to work with her after school I guess whatever tonight is, and then Xander is scheduled to have his one-on-one the following night, and they have some back and forth about who's winning with that. <laughs> yeah,
1: Blaine is like, "Well, I guess you're runner-up," and then like Xander was like, "No, I guess you're the rehearsal for the main show." Yeah,
0: and, and I feel like Buffy and Willow are just like eye roll, like, "Okay, it's so <laughs> gross." Yes, because it's- they're talking about. I mean, they think they're going to have sex with her, right? I mean, yes. First of all. First of all,
1: these dudes think they're going to have sex with this teacher. Second of all, like, let's imagine that this teacher isn't, spoiler alert, a big fucking praying mantis monster. Right. What if she literally is just a science teacher who is, like, outreach and, like, oh, these boys are dumb and they need extra hours. Maybe I can tutor them. Right. And we're just talking. Okay. And then also, the also, <laughs> Xander clearly doesn't. Okay. So in everyone's wildest dreams, we're all banging the teacher. Xander <laughs> has no problem with sloppy seconds.
0: Exactly. Yeah. With
1: this teacher
0: that he does. Or the even idea know. that she's just gonna like bang her way through all of the men in the class. I, I'm not sure what the I, I don't know what's going on in their heads at this point. <laughs> Honestly, it's a wild. So anyway, the next thing that we see is Cordelia is at the refrigerator in the cafeteria. I think she's talking something about like her own special food or she drink. She has
1: a medically prescribed diet and she yeah. has like a prescription note from her doctor.
0: Amazing, of course. So Cordy. So she opens up the refrigerator and screams because she has just found Dr. Gregory's body Sands his head in the freezer in the cafeteria so now we officially i mean we already knew that dr gregory was dead but now everyone knows
1: and, and you know what we don't do we don't have an assembly addressing that one of our teachers was found in the cafeteria headless we don't shut the school down we don't do anything
0: really no uh, i mean well, later there's a scene about counseling right. but like it seems to just be taking place in a classroom, by the way. <laughs> right. But like our
1: next scene is Buffy and Willow in the library. Like right. I'm sorry. And I get that Buffy Slayers so she might well, she's not desensitized, right? She's clearly upset. But like, wouldn't most students need to go home?
0: I mean, yeah, that's you're absolutely right that like at the very least, this should have been like a get out of school early day, what right? Do cops think in this town.
1: We have never really seen cops so far.
0: No, there is a short moment where we see cops in this episode, but even right. that seems a little silly to me in that yeah. moment, but yeah. yeah, I I these are the questions that I have to later in the episode yeah. at a at a certain moment because I'm I have a lot of questions about what kind of investigation went on here. <laughs> also, there is no blood on
1: this body? Like he was decapitated no. and he is so clean.
0: <laughs> right, and it is it is clarified at a certain point in the episode that there was no like bite marks. He wasn't, yeah. his blood was not drank, but it yeah. was indicating that it didn't seem to be a vampire. Yeah. So,
1: and it was very so, yeah. nice. It was very nice of the uh, monster to leave his embroidered jacket on him so that they knew who it was.
0: That's another question though, too. <laughs> is like, so wait a minute. We know that he was grabbed in, in the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we saw that mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did he end up in a refrigerator in the in the cafeteria, and why?
1: It was it's it's never brought up. And no. another thing that's never brought up is we never find his head.
0: True. Well, did she eat it? I don't. Did she? But don't they? Isn't that what praying mantises do? That they bite off they, the head. I know they I bite off, but I I, I know they, they bite it digest off. Digest it, it. That's the yeah. Question. That was my
1: question. I thought it was just to cut that head off and.
0: Yeah, but that's maybe that's a science question because I actually don't know. That's a good question. So anyway. Yeah. So we that at this point we go we cut back to the library where Buffy, Willow and Xander are really, really shaken by this. Uh, Buffy is very, very upset. Giles offers her a glass of water, and she says no thank you while grabbing it and taking a sip. (laughs) Um, But she's obviously really upset because she had a connection with this teacher. She felt like she finally found someone um, who didn't have preconceived notions about her. And you can tell that she's crying. But she also kind of jumps into research mode pretty quickly. She suggests that she might be worried about this fork guy that Angel warned about. But Giles says that he did do some research search, which tells of a vampire that at some point displeased the master, so the master cut off his hand, at which point they kind of talk about how the evidence, all of this does not really point to this guy killing Dr. Gregory. They know who this vampire is, that he doesn't have a history of cutting off heads, and like Tanya and I just mentioned, that there was no evidence of blood being drank so it doesn't look like that this was a vampire um at which point to be fair xander exclaims so now there's two evil things that we need to worry about
1: (laughs) yeah and uh giles also says that like two nights ago there was like a homeless guy that was like shredded and drained, but like that is like a completely different m.o. But, like, honestly, like, everyone seems really accepting of this second monster idea, except for Giles. Giles is still not convinced that it's, like, a second monster, really. It's not until, like, later that he's, like, on board with it. He's, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Which doesn't really make a lot of, I mean, a lot of sense because, yeah, I mean, it really does seem kind of clear that none of the evidence points to this being a vampire. But... That's okay. Maybe he's just like, you know, an older guy who, you know, what is it? Occam's razor that the simplest yeah. answer is always the the, the best answer. The,
1: yeah. Yeah. And then he, then he tells Buffy, he's like, you're not to go hunting because I right. don't know enough about Freddy Krueger fork vampire. Fork guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I literally have in my notes so many times in quotes, fork guy, because yeah, I, I don't think they ever tell us no, his name. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, no. He was clearly just a, a plot device, as yep. we'll find out soon. So even, uh, even though, and probably especially because Giles told her not to go hunting, the next scene is Buffy going to the park where, uh, like Tanya said, the homeless person was found dead. And she stumbles across a drunk guy and then a homeless person sleeping on a bench. I, I guess this is like the homeless park in Sunnydale. Which is Yeah, funny.
1: I mean, I guess it's just, like, it's so funny because, like, she had to jump over a fence to get into this park. So, it's <gasps> clearly, like, a locked park. So, I have questions about how the homeless people got in there. Huh. That's fine. Um, because, uh, as, we'll, as we'll see in just a few minutes, I think they're actually undercover cops.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Good, good connection. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So she starts like poking around and Fork Guy kind of jumps out of some bushes. Yeah, she moves these branches. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like these like
1: heavy bushes and hedges and she just kind of like moves them. Moves them
0: and he's in there. Like he's just chilling in the bushes. Why? But like, what was he hiding from? For or for, I guess, I guess we find out that there may be like some cops roaming around because yeah. they fight for a few minutes. Um, The police show up and kind of say something about like, spread out, spread out. And fork guy runs away.
1: Yeah. So I think it was like a sting operation Um a trying to figure guy? out. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was a sting operation trying to figure out who was killing the homeless people in the park. Okay. So I think they put some undercover cops as homeless people in the park. Because I think the guy that she runs into that's like, oh, it's not safe around here for a young girl. Oh, right. I'm pretty sure that's one of the cops that, like, shows oh. up in the front. So I, maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but I like that, though. That that I like that. That's a, a deeper it, connection that I never
1: considered. It also opens up so many more questions. Like, how long has a student operation been going on? Is it just for Fort Guy, or is it for all the vampires? Also, like they're bad at
0: it because he oh, immediately sure. gets away well and that but that is i think that tracks because like i do feel like at least in season two and stuff um we really you know the storyline of the sunnydale police being right you know yes i think i i think it's like spike or someone who says that the sunnydale police are deeply stupid or something right. like that um So it does kind of track that they're just not great at this. They're very under equipped or whatever for the supernatural type stuff that goes on. Yeah. So at this point we cut to what looks like the substitute teacher walking home on the sidewalk and fork guy kind of like running away from this park and jumping over a fence. um, And Buffy is following him and the substitute teacher turns around and looks at the vampire and the vampire hisses at her and runs away to the sewers, like obviously terrified. Something about the teacher definitely spooked this vampire and Buffy is rightfully so kind of taken aback by this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she like comes across it. Um, she's standing in the shadows and she sees this whole interaction and watches him go into the stairway and then she's like but like i don't know and maybe it's like a slayer thing but i personally would have been like hey substitute teacher what just happened there like i would have been like hey i would have gone on her right away what's going on with that
0: yeah i think i could see both sides of that because i definitely could see her doing that but also yeah not having any idea of what what she might be maybe doesn't want to get into a fight that she can't finish but yeah i think that's a fair question to have so at that point we cut back to buffy at school telling giles about this giles is upset because she went hunting even though he told her not to but that passes once she tells him what she saw and now he's very clearly intrigued at what the fuck might be going on and suggests that they keep a closer eye on Miss French, which is the substitute's name. So at this point, Buffy says, okay, well I better get to science class then so that I can keep an eye on her. She runs into the hall and runs into Principal Flutie (laughs) who uh, cuts her off and asks if she saw the body. And she kind of is like, oh, I don't have time to, to deal with this. I'm fine, I'm fine. And he's like, no, if you saw it, then you absolutely have to go to a counselor and plants her in this chair outside of a classroom where she overhears Cordelia talking to whoever this counselor they brought in about how she hasn't been eating much since she saw Dr. Gregory's body. And this kind of twists around to how this is the bright side of, you know, a teacher dying that she's lost some weight (laughs)
1: She has this great line where she's like, I'm not saying we should kill a teacher every single time I need to lose weight, but. But also, like, okay, in this interaction with Principal Flutie, he's clearly, like, really uncomfortable, but he's, like, really trying to be that supportive principal, and he's like, you know, I'm here if you ever need a hug, but, like, a metaphorical hug because we have really strict things on, like, inappropriate touching, which is so funny because, like, first of all, in the next scene, we see a lady teacher put her hands on xander's shoulders
0: it starts to get really inappropriate yeah i actually literally have that written down back in science class teacher clearly being inappropriate with xander (laughs) right and so it's just it's
1: just funny because also i had that note in like the very first episode where like Giles and buffy were in the bronze and he's like yeah around her at the balcony and i'm like what fuck are we doing this is inappropriate
0: which like I wonder if that's like intent like that's supposed to be the joke about like what Flutie says I don't know but yeah
1: yeah but he's super uncomfortable Um, but yeah we like our counseling is just going into a class where we don't shut the door so everyone can hear the counseling session that's going on (laughs) which is like
0: such a such a great yeah that's That's truly amazing like what also like don't they have like I mean an actual counselor a guy like a guidance counselor at the very least who has like a a guidance counselor's office like uh, hey that's one thing even in Catholic school we did have guidance Mm -hmm. counselors so (laughs) it's true we had one too anyway Uh, yeah I
1: don't know it's a lot
0: okay so next we see Xander in class yeah no we go to we go to
1: science class and there's a pop quiz slash test that they're doing
0: yeah and Buffy walks up to the door because she's running back to, she's a little bit late to class because she was sent to the counselor's office and she looks in the window and we see that the teacher is like clearly being inappropriate with Xander. She puts her hands on him and gives him answers to the quiz. And then we see Buffy look in the door and the teacher's head spins 180 degrees around to look at Buffy, which like, okay, why is the teacher this bold? Why, why yeah. did she even do this?
1: Yeah. So like, I also had that question where I was like, no one else is looking at this teacher shirt about Buffy. And like, also you just gonna, you just gonna blow your cover like that? Like, right, like, why,
0: why doesn't she care? I mean, even if Buffy was the only one, why doesn't she care about blowing yeah. her cover to Buffy? This makes no sense. She,
1: I, I mean, maybe she has some monster sense that Buffy's different.
0: Maybe. And like,
1: but like, also, like, I feel like that's even more a reason to not do it. Because you're yeah. like, oh, she's different. I don't want to show my hand.
0: So, I mean, unless she thinks that, like, she's going to scare Buffy off right. from whatever she's, I don't know. But, yeah, this was, I think, partially, to be quite honest with you, I think it's just, like, one of those scenes to, like, show the viewers, like, yeah. how creepy this is or whatever, you know? Because,
1: like, like, this this woman is not good at being a villain. Because, first of all, we're teaching the class on ways to recognize villainry, and then we're spinning our head around 360 in
0: a full group of children
1: so that we can scare this other child.
0: Yeah. You're not good at it, sweetie. Yeah. So, the next scene that we see is we're back in the library and Buffy is telling Willow what she saw and tells Giles about the head spin, and Buffy has now jumped entirely to that. She's starting to suspect that it's some kind of insect and they ask her, I guess, like what research she's going to do And Buffy kind of like very smartly says my homework. So she's going to, do the classwork to learn about bugs. Uh, she goes, I'm going to, they're like, what are you going to do? And she's like, my homework. And she turns
1: around and goes into the stacks of the library. Oh, and yeah. Immediately comes out and she's like, where are the books on bugs? Yeah. <laughs> this is also the scene where we realize that Blaine is missing. Apparently he didn't show up to school today. We haven't talked to his mom or anything like that or hacked the system yet. But there is a line about like uh, Blaine didn't come to school today yeah
0: okay and then we cut over to xander is we cut back to xander in class with the teacher um at this point class has been dismissed but they're just kind of talking one-on-one it kind of seems like they were supposed to work on their egg sac models uh after class i guess yeah there's nothing sexier right but then the teacher the teacher pulls that same kind of like Oh, uh, I'm so sorry, which like we can at least as the viewers tell that this is clearly a fucking act Um, and that she left all of her supplies at home and also has a teacher's conference. Like we needed two excuses that like, oh, we fucked this up so bad. Um, So she asks Xander to come to her house tonight to work on the project. I don't understand. Like, this is another thing that, like, I don't understand how this is in any realm appropriate that, like, a teacher is inviting students back to her house. That's crazy to me.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that I think that we are definitely. So, first of all, as the viewers, we definitely already know that she's fucked up, right? Um, and so I think that like this wouldn't be appropriate. Period. End of story. Even right. in this world, mm-hmm. so I think that this is just another nail on the coffin of her being a villain. Um, however. When he walks into this room, she's making a fucking sandwich. Yes. She has like a full loaf of bread and like some mayonnaise and stuff. And then he's, she's like, Oh, do you want, do you want me to make you a snack? Cause I'm having a snack. And he says, No. Which, and I have right. a question on what would have happened if he said yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I have the same question. Because I know. the meat of her sandwich, Xander leaves after agreeing to meet her at her house at like seven something. She pulls out a Tupperware thing and the meat for her sandwich is just crickets. Fucking live crickets. Like what if Xander had said
0: yes? I don't... She just like, here's a mayo sandwich? Here's a slice of bread. Yes, enjoy. (laughs) I also love in this scene, there's a moment when she asks him to come back to her house that he flashes back to that scene of him playing guitar (laughs) in his fantasy. Like... Clearly thinking that, I guess, even though she's just asking him to, even even in this weird, inappropriate scenario where she right. asks him to come home and work on this project, he clearly equates that to, we're going to fuck.
1: Oh, yeah. And he leaves the room and does this little touchdown
0: victory dance in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. Everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So then we flash back to Buffy in the library um, after she's done her homework, I guess. And she comes out and says that um, praying mantises can rotate their head 180 degrees while waiting for their next meal. Willow and Giles are kind not kind of not really buying it yet. And they're kind of like, I mean, that's great, but she looks like a human. She doesn't look like a praying mantis. And Buffy lists like three pieces of evidence, the head thing, the scaring off the vampire, I think was one of them. And then the third piece of evidence is that her fashion sense screams predator. (laughs) And Willow says, I I think it's the shoulder puff. Yes. I just love this because this is the type of Buffy, like this is, this is peak Buffy. I think like comments like this.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I, it was, this scene was fascinating to me because I was on both sides of this argument. Essentially, because we as the viewer, we have information that like the gang doesn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. And so part of me was like, fuck, Buffy like fucking put this together with no evidence. But then on the other hand, I'm like, no, teacher was literally teaching yeah. an entire coursework. So it blows my mind that Buffy, I, I guess it I guess it blows my mind that Buffy is the one that puts it together.
0: It yeah. seems it seems to me like something Willow would have put together yeah you're right that that would make sense yeah
1: but like willow and giles argue with her they're like oh i don't know you don't know about
0: all this i'm just like i mean (laughs) i think i'm with you that i could see both sides because like of all of the things that like yeah like for especially for someone like giles that like for all of the things that he knows exists like in that are evil in the world, a a praying mantis might not be the first thing that pops into his mind. Right. Yeah. I think that it would, I think Willow would have been, you know, a good, because they were both studying it and she's very like, you know, uh, smart, like book smart and everything. So yeah, I think that would have made more sense. But then Giles does start talking about entomology and mythology. He has a friend in England
1: who studied entomology and mythology and Puffy's like what's that yeah Which I'm just like girl you just put together this entire insect mystery we're gonna have you ask that question okay I know <laughs> so basically he has this friend who studies insects and fairy tales and was driven mad by the research and he's like yeah he's like in a he's in like an insane asylum in England oh, somewhere wow, yeah. um, and Giles is like but I guess I can call him
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's, yeah, that happens. Um, (laughs) And that is when Willow gets an alert that not only did Blaine not come to school, like we had already found out, but that Blaine actually never went home the night before that his mom, I guess, put in a report that he was missing. And the night before was the night that he was supposed to be working with uh, Miss French. So now it seems they're all on board with the insect theory and now Willow's kind of freaking out because she knows that Xander is supposed to have his like study session with Miss French tonight.
1: We also get this great little scene where Willow, where Buffy asks Willow, she's like, hey, can you hack into the coroner's office and get the autopsy for the teacher who died? And then Giles is like, that's legal, right? And Willow and Buffy are just like, yep. And he's like, okay, I don't know anything about it. This this never happened. We never talked about
0: this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that like one of the things he says is like, couldn't have possibly stopped you if I did. Like <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and Buffy, I even noted again, Buffy is wearing angels jacket still. We still oh, yeah, rock in course. that jacket.
0: Yeah, we're definitely leading up to um, we I think that it's by the end of this episode, at the very least, it's known that we are going to definitely have a storyline there with some flirtation. All right, so next we see Buffy uh, catches up with Xander uh, outside the school and she tries to convince him of the bug theory because she knows that he is about to go to her house. And obviously he does not react well to this. He gets upset and thinks that Buffy is just jealous that another woman likes him. Um which like obviously Buffy is like, what the fuck? No.
1: Yeah. He's just like, you just can't stand it that like somebody now that I now that I've found someone, now you like me. And then he right. went, has this fucking gross line where Somehow Angel comes up and he's like, What kind of girly name is Angel anyway? And it's yeah. like, There's so many things to ding Angel on, and right.
0: that's the that's one that it. you pick. I mean, but yeah, and it, but it's like so fitting that, like, Xander, that is the type of like insult that Xander would have. I feel like Xander is like, just like toxic masculinity personified everything about him yeah so Buffy mentions at this point pheromones because she's like yeah she is literally like emitting pheromones to make you think that she's really interested in you and all of this stuff which just upsets him even more and kind of thinks that you know she can't even fathom someone being interested in him so she has to like make it into some supernatural thing essentially so obviously they're not going to convince him. That it's that she's a bug, so the literal next scene then is Xander showing up to the teacher's house. <sighs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. Everything about this scene is—I literally wrote this is bonkers. This is fucking bonkers from jump. Okay. Oh yeah. She opens the door wearing this like sexy black dress and offers Xander a fucking martini. Yeah. There's smooth not even- jazz playing
1: in the background. There's
0: the candles. lighting. Yes. I mean everything. I guess what kills there's something especially about the martini though that really kills me because it's not even like here, have a glass of wine or here's a beer. A martini? This is so bizarre. Like, wouldn't you think that even like a high school student would be like uh, okay, but I guess he's, like, all caught up on the hormones and the pheromones and everything that yeah, he's just, and like, like
1: with I it. mean, you gotta give it to her because clearly it worked with Blaine. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it has been working for X amount of centuries, years, whatever. We don't know how old this creature is. And, like, it's funny to sit here as women and laugh about this, but, like, uh, clearly this works because yes. it works on Xander.
0: Yep. It definitely does because, yeah, he comes right in and sits down with her. I mean, at no point does he even ask, like, are we going to work on this project? Like, uh, that's clearly just been forgot. I mean, I guess he thought he was going to bang her. So this all makes sense in his head, I guess. So they sit down on the couch and he like knocks this martini back in like one sip, which like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) that's what would be tough for me to do now. She leans over and she's like got her hands on his legs and stuff and asks if he's ever been with a woman before. And at first Xander kind of like stumbles and tries to lie. And he's like, oh, yeah, there was that that one. And oh, man, that that one lady and like, and then he's like, no, I never have been. It's,
1: it's <laughs> like that scene in 40 year old virgin when he's still trying to convince his friends that he's not a virgin. And he's like, yeah, I've grabbed a boob before. It feels like a bag of sand. <laughs> literally like that. About but that. also I fucking love, she has this one line where like she kind of giggles and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. And you're just, you're just so cool.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Like, <laughs> I fucking have so much respect for this bitch right now because I'm like, yeah, you know exactly how to play this game. And, you know, in the back of her head, she's like, I cannot wait to fucking rip your head off. This is oh, going to be yeah. like, kinda of rooting for the praying mantis what? at this point i'm like yeah like fuck it get rid of
0: all the toxic men girl you i mean that is live kind of your thing, life right? like the guys <laughs> that she's going after are not even only just like as we find out virgins they're the guys that are very toxic in the way that they talk about women and so you know feminist icon is yeah. she mantis <laughs> So there is this moment, though, that so he says, no, he hasn't been with a woman. And she says that she knows that she can tell. And at this point, Xander kind of starts to say, like, can you hear something? It kind of sounds like someone is is crying. Um, And she's just like distracting him and everything. And she touches his hand which makes him think of Buffy, at which point he, like, leans back in, on the couch and is like, oh, Buffy, I love Buffy. Yeah, he's clearly been drugged.
1: Yes. Like, she drugged that martini, and then he swallowed it in one sip because he's fucking stupid. Yes. And so, like, yeah, he starts talking about how
0: much he loves Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> and then he looks back down at her hands, at which point she turns into a bug in front of his eyes Um, Again, the effects are absolutely exquisite. So bad. So bad. And he passes out on the floor, and Bug Teacher drags him off.
1: I said he's clearly drugged, and she turns into a bug and drags him off. Which, honestly, at this point, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As we have already stated, we're kind of rooting for her at this point. I don't think that's the intention, but so then we see that Xander is in a jail cell in a basement, and we can see praying mantis lady, but not, not her- very well. No, <laughs>
1: it yes. is very darkly
0: lit, and you mostly oh,
1: yeah. get like the silhouette of the big eyes, mm-hmm, and then some exactly. slimy noises.
0: Yes, but
1: we don't very high tech. <laughs> we don't we avoid showing she mantis as much as. Nothing yes. physically possible <laughs>
0: for sure for sure so at this point the action kind of starts to pick up and and we go back and forth between the library and Xander in uh the cage um, pretty quickly so we see Willow and Buffy in the library and they are looking at the the coroner pictures where they do confirm that there are bite marks on Gregory's body indicating that it that, that this seems like evidence to them that that his head was bitten off. Um, Willow's getting really nervous for Xander at this point, And set makes like a statement like, well, I like Xander's head because Willow still loves Xander. And I think we get a scene here too, of Giles like frantically on the phone with uh, his friend in England. He has this great line
1: where he's like, yes, madam, I don't care what time of night it is. Just <laughs> unstrap him and put him on the phone. <laughs> and it's just like yes I, I also had this question so okay Xander's meeting with the teacher was at 7 p.m. why are we still at the school and why are our parents not concerned about where our children are
0: yeah I feel like these are things that get addressed in like we have said previously like in the second season because yeah. that that were just really skimmed over in the first season Because, like, they, in later seasons, are definitely at the library late at night pretty frequently. I'm assuming that Giles has keys to the school and the library or something. Yeah. So there is a scene at some point in the second season where there is... They mentioned doing like the quote unquote usual round robin where like Xander and Willow and Buffy each call each other's parents and say that they're or call their parents and say that they're staying at each other's houses or something like that. So it's yeah. addressed like way later, but yeah, as of right now, it's, it's suspect for sure. <laughs>
1: especially, especially cause like, okay, Joyce is not in this episode, mm-hmm. but Joyce is like super involved in like making sure that Buffy stays out of trouble. And like, I just, I was sitting here and I was like,
0: it's the middle of a fucking night. Like what? Yeah. I mean, and that's like one of the crazy things too, because even in like one of the first episodes, I think it is like the second part of the premiere it when like Joyce does express some concern for Buffy but she expresses concern because she says that Buffy didn't come home the night before at that point as a parent I feel like I would be like calling the cops if my my teenage daughter like wasn't home at all I don't know maybe that's especially
1: if your teenage daughter if you're like on your teenage daughter's ass constantly about how she was like expelled from her last school for burning the place down like yeah
0: fine it's fine it's fine. yeah who knows so then we cut back to the she mantis basement area and we see that blaine is in the cell next to xander uh blaine is kind of filling xander in on the situation he's obviously super terrified and like can't even like bring himself to say what happens Um, but he's telling him that she ties you up and eggs start shooting out of her which like wow I can't even process that image in my head and then this is the okay I have to be honest that like the sequence of events that Blaine describes don't quite make sense to me she says or he says that she ties you up and eggs start shooting out of her and then she mates with you and bites off your head.
1: I think it's sort of like I don't know enough about insect biology, but it reminds me of the way that fish mate. Okay, where like they like lay eggs, and then you oh, have to fer- kind like sort of
0: actually fertilize them. Fertilize gotcha. the eggs. Okay, I yeah. guess that's what they said um, but also, in the beginning of the episode.
1: Yeah. Also, my question is, who did Blaine see this happen to? Because like. We don't talk about anybody else missing. We've got the dead teacher, which was killed in the school before Blaine went missing. Right. So it wasn't him. Yeah,
0: I was wondering the same thing. I guess. I partly just assumed that there was someone else, but there's some unknown. We haven't discussed anyone miss anyone else missing or anything. Yeah, so who knows?
1: Yeah, it was it was Smelly Joe. No one fucking cares about him. (laughs) We're
0: not gonna worry about solving his mystery. Okay, so then we flip back to the library, and Giles kind of after another like frantic few moments on the phone, he gets off the phone with his friend, and comes out and kind of explains about the she mantis, and I think he compares her to like sirens and that type of character in many stories that she disguises herself as a beautiful woman and then lures virgins back to her nest. So this is when we first learn that it's only virgins that she does this with at which point Buffy and I think even Willow are kind of like oh well I'm sure then like or no, Willow knows, but Buffy is the one that's yeah. like, oh no, well, I'm sure that Xander will be fine. And 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 Willow, I think, is the one that's like, no, Xander's dead meat then. <laughs> like
1: honestly, Allison Hannigan gives the best fucking line delivery on that one because like Buffy's like, oh, well, Xander's fine. Like he's not, he's okay. And Willow just gets up and goes, no, he's gonna die. And just like fucking leaves. <laughs> And she like goes to call Xander's mom to see where he is, but yeah, just Allison Hannigan, she's kind of overshadowed in like this first season, but like she's so great, she's so good overall. I love her so
0: much. Okay. So Buffy, they, at this point, they're like, we have to go save Xander. Um, Buffy tells Giles to get bat sonar recorded as that's like praying Mantis's weakness. And she tells Willow to get uh, Miss French's address from the um, substitute teacher directory. At this point, like I said, we're flipping back and forth kind of quickly. So we just see like another scene um, of Xander and Blaine in the cells and I guess French is starting to like focus on Xander. Xander, like I think breaks off a piece of the jail cell.
1: Yeah. He basically like unscrews one of the bars. So like, right. It's a cage that has like separations inside the cage Mm -hmm. because Blaine and Xander while technically in the same cage are separated by a bar wall. So Xander essentially like unscrews one of the bars One, as a weapon, and two, so Blaine can come into his cage so that they're together. So they're both together, and they have this one-bar weapon, I guess. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then we flip back to Buffy and Giles and Willow. They finally, like, got their supplies together, and they're heading out to go to uh, French's house since Willow has gotten the address. They show up at what they think is... Miss French's house and there's like a comment from Willow as they walk out that she was born in 1907 so she's got to be like in her 90s now and so they show up at this house and this little old sweet lady opens the door.
1: First of all Buffy was about to kick the door. (laughs) Giles was like uh I guess we should like somebody was like oh I guess we should knock. Because like we can't get the door in, and Buffy was like, "Why can't we?" And then she like raises her leg to kick the door in, and the door opens, and it's like oh, right. this little old Betty White esque yeah.
0: lady who I think at first thinks they're like they're like selling something, like Girl yeah. Scout cookies. She's or like, something. "If you are you, if you're trying to sell me something, I live on a fixed income, yeah. and
1: I can't afford yeah. it."
0: So they ask her like we're looking for Natalie French and she's like yes that's me and she basically says that like yeah she used to be a substitute teacher she retired in the 70s and like that's when they realize that the she mantis stole this woman's identity and now they have no idea where she is. So Willow is totally freaking out right now, saying that she's going to start banging on doors. And Buffy says they don't have time for that. They, they need like an actual plan. So we see Buffy jump down into the sewers. Yeah, she's got like a length of rope. And right. She's like, I'll be right back. Yeah. So then we flip back to Xander in the basement again, and he has been taken out of his cell and he's flashing and he's tied up. Um, and the praying mantis is about to, like, do her shit with him. And she used the
1: really, really tried and true system of eeny, meeny, miny, mo." That's right. To pick which one she was going to pick on. That's right. And I am not going to lie. Throughout, like, this entire scene, I just kept thinking of the killers. Because I just kept thinking coming out of my cage <laughs> and i've been doing just am gonna be eaten
0: by a praying mantis. oh my god that's amazing tanya <laughs> so that's literally all i'm on during this scene that's that's fantastic so yeah and xander flashes back at this point because i think that like xander's freaking out and is like what is she gonna do what is she gonna do and he flashes back to the lesson on how the praying mantises mate and all of that Even though Blaine told him, yes, exactly. Blaine just had this conversation. Explained it to him,
1: yeah. Exactly what happens, and Xander's like, I wonder what's gonna happen now.
0: Which, like, that is one complaint that I will say about this episode in general is like, I don't really think we needed like all of these like drawn out flashbacks, like the to to them back in the cage and everything. Like, I don't know.
1: What happened, probably is the episode was five minutes short. Yeah,
0: it's gotta and be. And they were, like, fucking throwing some flashbacks. Yeah, because it just feels like we're going, like, the the part with them in the cage is so drawn out. Like, we're supposed to believe, mm. like, the timing doesn't really make sense for everything that Buffy, Willow, and Giles are doing. Mm-hmm. And they're just chilling in the cages this whole time. I'm not really clear on that.
1: <laughs> right. And, like, I think, I think the other thing that kind of, like, hinders this sort of, flashing back and forth thing is we can't really see the monster. So it's not scary. You know, if this was one of those, if it was, like, the vampires or whatever, we'd be flashing back and forth and there'd be some tension of, like, the vampires growling or something scary kind of happening. And I, they really try to make the mantis scary, mm-hmm. but, like, again, they didn't have the money. Right. So it's all just really dark lit, some slimy
0: sounds in an outline. Right,
1: And, like, it, it's not... It's so scary. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. So at this point, we flashback to Buffy coming back up the sewer um, with the fork guy. She's tied him up and she is using him to point out which house um, this teacher is in because we know that he's terrified of her. So she can kind of use him as like a radar system, I guess, Um, which is kind of crazy. I mean, how small is Sunnydale that they can just go down the street and like, I mean, that's still going to take some time, but okay. We're just going with it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I guess they got really lucky that she happened to live where we found Freddy Krueger vampire. Like, yeah. And I guess he's got some supernatural predatorial sense of like when danger's around and so he kind of like sniffs her out but there's also this really kind of awkward moment um before he comes on screen where we hear all this fighting oh, yeah. pieces, but we don't actually see the fight yeah. between them. it's just uh it's just you see a bunch of bushes and you hear a lot of Buffy fight sounds and then she drags him on and I was like okay yeah <laughs> I guess we didn't want to reveal what her plan guess, was yeah but this is a great like slayer on the fly idea mm-hmm. where you know Willow's like we have to go banging door to door and Buffy's like we don't fucking have time for that and like without any thought she's just like I'm gonna go find that fucking vampire that could
0: send her and we're gonna like she doesn't explain to them really either she's like my right and like I mean it definitely is like a really good idea on Buffy's part but also like how did the fuck did she find him so fast like what if he wasn't yes. like there's a like yes uh, and, geographically, this doesn't No, make sense. but you know, geographically, none of this. Makes that's sense. fine. I like the idea. I, I like where, you know what I mean? The concept is there. So, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, I will say the one thing that like my, I played tennis and like the one thing my doubles partners dad used to say in high school all the time was great idea. Bad execution. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, that's kind of what I feel like this was. And I guess, you know, it's just for time. It's just for storytelling. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they got real lucky in that Buffy was able to find this guy instantly, subdue him instantly, and then walk a block with him. And he's like, oh, it's this? House?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. We'll just go with it. <laughs> so, th- okay. And then he also, they, he, they would finally find the house. And at this point, the vampire gets free from, you know, whatever she tied him up with. And they they fight for like a minute, maybe. And then she kills him with she used like the fence that was there as a stake. And like she kills him pretty easily, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty quick. And I think what's amazing about this is like angel like knew of this guy angel got torn up by this guy like there's all these stories about him and it just took like a two-second fight with like a fence stake like
1: <laughs> he was the original big bad of this episode mm. like he was the one that angel came and cryptically warned about and yeah what what happens is he uses his freddy Krueger claws to cut the rope right that of course yeah fucking buffy tied him up with but I think the thing that other the other thing for me that I was like, what the fuck are you doing, Buffy? Is like she didn't have a stake on her. Like you fucking captured a vampire, and like well, you weren't gonna let him go at the end of this. Like clearly you were gonna kill him at the end of right. this. But then. You weren't carrying a stake on you. Doesn't she always? Yeah, I mean. Right. And then, like, she, like, falls to the ground. And this is so funny to me because I was like, this is so slow. Like, and I get that it's basically for the viewers thing. But, like, since these vampires are supposed to be, like, quick and whatever, like, she, like, slowly looks over at the white picket fence (laughs) and slowly breaks off a thing of the fence and slowly stabs him. And I was like, how would you not see that coming, bro?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I th- again, I think it falls into the category of great idea, poor execution. Like <laughs> it's just, yeah. <laughs> all right. So at this point, they're at the house, and we flash back to Xander all tied up, and he starts screaming for help just as Buffy breaks into the basement window. So she runs. Well, and he tried to use he tried to use his
1: weapon of one jail bar right. <laughs> to hit her. And he stuns her and she starts running. He starts running upstairs. First of all, he was going to leave Blaine, first (sighs) of all. And he starts running up the stairs and she like grabs his ankle and he falls down and then like all the fights out of him. Yeah. And then Buffy like breaks in to save him. Right.
0: So yeah. So Buffy runs over to the praying mantis and um, smartly they have a bag filled with bug spray and they start spraying the she mantis Um, willow and giles are on escape duty as usual to help blaine and i imagine xander to get out of there I love this is probably my favorite moment, though, of the episode Um, when Buffy tries to play the bat sonar and it's on the wrong side of the tape. So it's only Giles voice playing out of the tape recorder. And she like yells at him and he's like,
1: it's on the other side. <laughs> it's so great. It's so funny. And then like also Xander tries to fucking help
0: Buffy and just gets in her way and she like shoves I was gonna him. Ask if you notice that like her just like push yeah. him Like there's not even like like in other episodes we'll see her say like go get out of here. Yeah. Not in yeah. The, she literally just shoves him out of the way.
1: Shoves <laughs> him yeah she's like get the fuck out of here i love that yeah and like
0: she's yeah they're like trying to fight and every she's got a sword yeah i was gonna ask like there's somehow like a machete comes into play so she didn't have a stake but she had a machete okay but also she didn't have it out like that's the thing that bugs me
1: about the vampire is like why wouldn't you have a weapon in your hand right. when you're leading this tied up vampire? Yeah, something. But whatever, yeah, we moved fine. on. <laughs> it's
0: fine. So she and the she mantis are fighting, and finally she gets the sonar to play, and the she mantis starts freaking out in reaction to the bat sonar. And Buffy takes the machete and hacks the she mantis to death. Um, and we just kind of see like shadows of this, but it's pretty fucking violent, y'all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was... Goddamn. And I was just like, oh, look, we did it all with the shadows. So you don't see the mantis again. Like, you don't see, like, the full mantis no. body. You don't see this fight. What you see is their shadows fighting. Amazing. Which, you know, if you don't got the budget... I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. Goddamn. If you don't have a budget for a creature feature, don't make a fucking creature feature. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell this story later. Like I get that you never know how many seasons you're going to have and you never know what your budget's going to be, but like
0: Yeah. Fuck, I mean, there's a, and that's the thing is that <laughs> there are other episodes in this season that are done um that you can still consider like monster of the week but didn't require some crazy costume effect or something like that you know um but that are really well done so yeah it was a little unnecessary and I think that they I feel like they tried to lean into like the campiness of it but really? I don't know it's just not not my fate and I mean maybe I'm biased because like I don't personally really care I don't have like a lot of like st- like stake in the poor Xander save me from yeah. a monster storyline and that's something that we see in, you know it becomes a running joke of like Xander being attracted to like supernatural monster women yeah and on on, on most levels like I'm just not that interested in most of those storylines but anyway so yeah. at this point the she mantis is dead um, Xander kind of apologizes and tells tells Buffy she was right and thanks her for saving him um, I love, this is another great Allison Hannigan moment where she goes, it's so unfair that, that she only went after virgins. I wish my Xander and Blaine are both like, what? Uh, no, what? Um. <laughs> Blaine
1: even says, my dad is a yeah. lawyer. And if any of you say
0: anything about this to anyone, I will sue you. Yeah. And I mean, props to Xander on that one for him just being like, Blaine, shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so then Xander takes the machete and hacks at all the egg sacs that are left um, to make sure that none of them hatch. So then we flip back to they're at the bronze, and Buffy looks like she's kind of just like brooding at the bar. Um, and Angel shows up I made a note though that Buffy's hair is perfect in this scene oh, it yeah. is like yeah. abso- it's stunning jealous okay yeah. <laughs> so Angel mentions that he hears that fork guy is dead and they just kind of have a little bit of back and forth but she does say that it would be easier to work together if she knew how to get in touch with him and he kind of like smiles slyly and says i'll be around she offers to give his jacket back and he says it looks better on her flirting has officially started now between buffy and angel and you can tell that buffy buffy kind of feels this because she says oh boy like here we go like
1: but also just angel's so exhausting (laughs) already (laughs) like just fucking i don't a 16-year-old girl who has to fight vampires and still do a fucking science paper. Can you please use your words yeah. and tell me
0: some things?
1: Because I don't have time for your cryptic male bullshit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that the reason that, like, he doesn't, like, tell her how to get in touch with him is because, like, he obviously doesn't want her to know that he's a vampire yet. Um, right, But right. still... I just wish that, like, even when he does come with, like, warnings, like, this, like, why do you need to? It's so, like, stereotypically, like, over-the-top cryptic. It's ridiculous.
1: And we've now established
0: his solid
1: costume choice. Oh, yeah. Where it is always black pants. White shirt, whether it's a tank top, V neck, whatever, and then some sort of black top over it, like because he's wearing like a blazer or something over it. So this is all Angel
0: wears. We'll get more into Angel, I think, in a couple of episodes. So then the last scene that we see is we're back in science class and we've got um, a new teacher starting and he just kind of seems like a boring old teacher. And class lets out and Buffy is walking to leave the classroom and she sees Dr. Gregory's boat broken glasses still sitting on the desk. Okay, this is where I have to ask some questions. Yeah. No, I had the I'm pretty sure I have the same question. How did no one notice this? Was there an investigation into this man's murder at all? Like if you think about a crime scene, okay, was this not evidence? No one looked to find they're clearly cracked. They clear- what, what's going on? What's going on in this school? What's going on in this town? <laughs> also, the fact. And so she opens the closet mm-hmm. door and she
1: puts his glasses in his jacket, which is hanging up on the black of the closet door. So no one came in and got this man's personal effects and took it to his family. Right? There's nothing. We just, uh, we left all his shit. And okay. Also. We don't wanna okay, but also so we have to assume that the school doesn't know that they hired a she-mantis to fucking teach the children. Right. How did we explain her disappearance? Yeah, that's we true. now have one well, science teacher who has been decapitated. To be fair,
0: she was supposed to be a substitute, so I guess you could make the argument that like she's moved. On to another assignment? Right, but like, I don't know.
1: Normally you have
0: to like give some sort of note. Yeah, of whatever. Uh, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I None mean, of this math. Yeah. So then we see the next thing that I, again, I have is uh, quite amazing to me because so then, yes, as Tanya says, she puts them in the closet and in his jacket. And then the viewers see that there are hatching eggs in the closet. Mm-hmm. Guys, mm-hmm. This is literally never fucking addressed ever again, ever again, nope, ever again, nope. What the fuck nope. happened? Like Buffy is usually really good at like following up on, or at least like something is mentioned, and we even have like an example of this where like at the end of the witch episode where we see you know the eyes moving, yep. that whole thing is referenced multiple times, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the years. What the fuck? There's a fucking praying mantis baby, she mantis babies hatching in the closet, and no one. No one notices this. And like Xander even
1: has the line earlier in the episode where he's looking at the already created fake praying mantis, Yes. And he's like, oh, if one of those hatched, it'd be like the size of me. Yep. And she's like, and the teacher's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And so what also
0: happened? Did they just not live because they didn't have a mom to take care of them or like what? So are we also supposed to assume, because I mean, the question is like, why are there some also like in are we supposed to assume that she like mated with dr gregory before dying and that those are like his she man because like what yeah maybe I- i'm i'm just so so confused about all of it but
1: I'm, I'm very confused i also don't know how buffy didn't notice them right because they're like fucking huge and, and right glowing there, but-
0: Why are they glowing?
1: Honestly, when we started to pan down, I was like, oh, do we actually find his head in the closet? And then I was like, oh, no, it's just
0: eggs. Eggs. And (laughs) I I remember that's what's funny, too, is like I remembered that happening. I remembered there being eggs in the closet and I was like ready to write down like, well, this is never brought up ever again. I don't remember them actually starting to hatch, which makes it even more ridiculous that they're literally in the act of hatching. When we see them and it's still never brought up ever again.
1: I think it's just supposed to be one of those things that like movies or shows kind of do. And, like, especially at the end of horror movies. Sure, yeah. Where it's just like the protagonist believes that all of the danger has passed. And then the protagonist walks off. And then we like zoom into one thing that leads us to believe that that's not true. And so I guess it's just a, a thing to be like, well, the praying mantises still exist. They're not completely gone.
0: Yeah, maybe we're life. supposed to believe that, like they hatched and then in the middle of the night, like went off to like some other town to go after some other virgin boys. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Godspeed, Godspeed. Also, does that mean that there's no males of their species? Like, no. I I guess not. They're she mantises. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> but I mean, I think in the I, I think questions. in the in the context of like if they're being compared to sirens and stuff sirens, like that yeah that they are specifically yeah. like yeah targeting like you know, human yeah. males yeah great so well. that's that episode we made it through good job guys <laughs> good. all right so join us next week for episode five which is never kill a boy on the first date it's okay what, are we sure <laughs> he deserves it? I mean, it. I feel like this episode maybe gave you lots of reasons that maybe you need to kill a boy on the first day But <laughs> okay, we're not actually advocating that. <laughs> no, just be smart about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, do you have anything to say before we sign off? No, just that I'm I'm so ready to be
1: past season one. I like know. I'm very I'm very excited. Like I, I love rewatching these. I know, but I also am just like want. It. Anya and I want spike, I especially now
0: that Anya's on fucking one Anya, I'm like, I want <laughs> Yeah, I really this is just I really screamed, y'all, when I saw her because I had not heard. And I did read that like the casting, her casting specifically like came out in the news like very last minute, and I somehow missed it. So when we were watching that Me night, too. I literally had one of those moments. I looked at Mike and I was like, is that can it be? Oh my God. And I got so excited. Yeah.
1: I had to IMDB that shit real quickly. Cause I was like, looks like her but I ain't seen her in years what is going on
0: I'm so excited too because there's theories that she's definitely going to be like a longer term character so I hope so fingers crossed because I love Emma Caulfield yeah same but anyway on that note uh thank you everyone so much for listening and we hope to talk to you again next week thanks y'all bye